This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hello, family and friends. I'm Renette Marburg, ready to meet with you on my program, Rise. On this program, we have honest and truthful conversations around family challenges relevant to you. Rise on Radio K Pulpit, 729 AM. Finding God's truth for a way forward together. Good afternoon, family and friends. Welcome to today's program with me, Renette Marburg, on 729 AM on my program called Rise. And this is the program that where we give hope and guidance, wisdom and knowledge when real life happens in the family. And we often discuss really relevant and often unspoken issues in the family in truth and in love and some very sensitive issues as well. And um, But with God, we can rise to restoration and rise above all together as a family. And today we've got uh, Minister T- uh, Tony uh, Khan in our studios with us. Welcome, uh, uh, Tony. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, our topic today is uh, how do we survive the loss of a son? And um, we're really looking forward to how you're going to just share your testimony and um, your journey up until now, uh, uh, Minister Tony. Hi, good morning, um, Annette. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, good morning, uh, listeners. Yeah, um, where do I begin? Um, my, my testimony begins when I was... Um, when I was born to a mother, an unmarried mother, um, and not a planned, a planned baby, um, my mom was a single mother, and it was very difficult for her to to raise me. <sighs> there was times in my in my youth that. Um, I found early in life, in my in my when I was about eleven, um, not being able to connect with people, and even people, even children of my age, because of dysfunction, dysfunctional family I was involved or I got born into. Um, my grandmother and grandfather uh, took me in at the age of a year old because my mom wasn't able to take care of me and being born in the apartheid era it was actually quite challenging especially with finances was concerned but my grandfather and grandmother they did their best you know I had a, I've got a sibling Roland my half brother um, my mom got married um, to a to an alcoholic and she had a terrible life. He abused her terribly, and at the age of thirteen, my mom committed suicide. <laughs> and that I think my turning point, um, the things that I that I've noticed is that that there wasn't really anyone that I could talk to after that because she was someone I could go to and talk to you know something something happened to me when I was about 
six years old. Um, my stepdad took me on this. He used to love catching crayfish out in Sudwater. And my mom and I went with him. And because of his alcohol, the alcohol that he abused, he, he was never, it, it was very few and far between that he was actually sober and someone you could talk to. And then he had this big tube and, and he, you know, and, and he would row out and I would go with him between the seaweed and then we had these nets that we had to drop drop into the ocean and that's how we used to catch the crayfish but we had to go quite deep into the water and my and he used to um, verbally abuse me you know calling me all different kinds of names and swearing at me and says today you're gonna die and I couldn't swim then you know but he forced me to like go down between the weeds and to like pull on this rope to pull up this uh, this net, you know, the steel steel ring with a net on it, and 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 then there I think I made contact with God already. Yes. There I could I, I I I spoke I actually spoke to this God that I heard my grandmother used to pray to, um, because she was a Roman Catholic. So how would you pray? And and I would say God. Why, um, I don't think this is like normal for me to go through this because of the abuse, you know, and, and, and I would see my mom lying on the beach, but it was, she was like quite far. And then he would taunt me, like he say, oh, no one can save you today. You're going to die and, and, and all these things, you know, but I think it was his plan was to maybe, I don't know, maybe it was his plan to take me out. And because I was in his way, you know. Yes. And I think it was just the grace of God that, that he didn't do anything really bad to me. Um, yeah, and, and I think that day when I was in that water, something happened, I believe, you know. I, I, hatred entered my heart, I think. Sure. And, it, and, and I had a, I had a, unquished, a, 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 a hatred that, that so almost unquenchable. Yes, I couldn't. Mm. I couldn't understand. You know, mm. when I came to the shore, I I just went into my shell. I didn't even speak to my mom about it. You know, and I kept this this thing hidden. Even at school, I the teachers noticed that I was becoming more violent, and I became a problem child. I couldn't. I couldn't learn properly. I would skip school and and all this nasty things you know and at the age of 13 my mom killed herself and that i think that was my turning point when i started to smoke um, was, was it due to the relationship yeah yeah i think i think the there wasn't there wasn't a a role model because my grandfather was working at sea as well you know and there wasn't a man around that was all the contributing factors why i I think that's why I went off the rails. Yes, you know. yes. Um, at the young age um, of 14, I started to use marijuana and everything else that goes with it. And from there onwards, things just spiraled out of control. You know, At the age of 16, I joined the 
the local gang and at the at at eighteen years old I just went from worst from really, really bad, you know. Um my grandfather eventually got me a job at the, in the docks as uh, working on the boats and working in the dry docks and that's where I learned to become um learn all the wrong stuff I should say. You really? know. Wow. And having role models that that taught me how to survive but not surviving as a child of God but as from a humanist in a tough way yeah uh, yeah and things really went really went haywire uh, age of 20 in and out of prison I don't want to go into any of the gory details yes, yes. but it's, it's part of the testimony yeah it's the, the, there was a lot of there was a lot of negativity in my life. Mm. Um, no point of good reference. Yeah, there, there was a lot of all I all I knew was is I had to survive. Mm. How I had to survive was if I had to take from you in order to to live a life that I thought was worth living, then so be it. You know, so in the process, a lot of people got hurt and so forth. So there was a whole, I got involved in in Satanism. I got involved with um, clairvoyancy and I got involved with everything that God speaks, he speaks against, I, I got involved with, you know. But there was, there was always something in the in my in my in my brain, somewhere in my heart, that I knew that God had me. I knew He was, although I was I was avoiding it. I didn't want to think about it because wherever I went, I always heard people on the street speak about Jesus. Um, one of my cars that I took away to the traffic department in Greenpoint uh, to have it tested. And and this guy came to me and he spoke Afrikaans to me and he said we can hear you know, and I said where's the year and it was a white guy you know and he says yourself and the words that he was talking to me about Jesus, especially which um, uh, where it says that that Jesus died for us you know all those words stuck with me through the through, through the through my youth, you know, and even into my late twenties, early thirties, and and for some reason, um, I I can't explain it till today. I can't explain why Jesus had me cornered. Should I say not? Yes, not even cornered. Yeah, it's it's like he was always there. Like I had a. I, I found I was very, although I was involved with a very notorious Cape Town um, gang, I'm not going to mention any names. Of course not. Um, but I always found that I, I had a soft spot for, 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 for ladies that is being abused by the husbands. Mm. And um, um, I would make sure that they had, although they were, 
caught up in alcohol and drugs. I would always, I was always, I was always made sure that they had food. Um, I would send uh, some of the guys that that was working for me, you know, make sure that they have food and everything was okay. And I made sure that the, the their husbands never beat them up, you know. And if they did, I would step in, you mm. know. When I say step in, I don't want to tell you yeah, what so, I did, but yeah. but mm. but I've, I've I noticed that. But even even with all that being said, from I found it hard to step away, and and and, and go to and mm. go to and do the right thing. I I, I knew about Christ. I knew about I, I, I've listened to to people preaching about Christ, but I still found it hard. My turning point came when. Um, I was I, I I was I was hooked on on crack cocaine for a long time. Sure. And although the 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 access to the drugs was actually free, you know, in my position that I found myself with with, uh, with people game. with made this the stuff, but I still chose to you know. Um, I still chose to to go that path, although I knew I could see what the effects was, and I end up selling all my stuff. I even sold my my precious car. I, I loved my BMW. And I <laughs> sold it for for two and a half thousand rand to someone that you know. Out of the blue, I just sold it. You know, I couldn't understand mm. why I did it, and but and that, sorry to interrupt, um, Jane. Is the the when you're on drugs, it, your your rationality, the way you rationalise things, and the way you make decisions, just that that out of the window, just out of the window, just yeah. makes no sense. You makes just no do sense. it. You yeah. just override whatever's normal. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no there's no, and um, because of the 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 the, the, dr the drugs cook your brain. It messes That's with right. the wiring of wiring your brain. Of your brains, yes, okay. absolutely. Um, and what happened was I I smoked so much that night, I ended up at the hospital at Somerset and at three o'clock in the morning I didn't have transport to get me because I saw my car. And then one of my friends came, I phoned him and he came and he took me to the hospital. But when I got there and they said no, I should come the next morning to the day hospital because there's no doctors to look, to see me there. Mm. But then, by then, by that time, I was living out in High Level Road, and that morning at four o'clock, I walked from Somerset Hospital to High Level Road, and I think that walk somehow um, helped me to breathe, you know, because mm. I wasn't just sitting, because I could feel there was something going, something wrong with me, you know, in my body, in in, in your body and in your yeah, in my head, because I spoke so much. I eventually got to the flat and I then took the taxi. I walked down to the main, I took the taxi to Kensington because a friend of mine was a doctor. And I knew if I get to him, he would try to assist me, you know. I eventually got to his surgery at about 10 in the morning. Uh, that was just grace, for sure, because I was in a haze, I couldn't breathe properly. And when I got to his surgery, um, 
I just spoke to his the lady at the front desk, and she she knew me, and she said, "I'll I'll get I'll get uh, the doctor to come and speak to you quickly." And he took me to the surgery, and he drew blood, and he said, "Oh, Tony, are you are you how do you feel?" Because he could see that my blood was it was like tar. So, and he and he said, "I can't understand how you can be alive in the states." <laughs> And he, he gave me two little tablets to take and some disciplines to thin out the blood. Yes. And he says, you need to go to hospital as quickly as possible. And he booked me at Hortiskia. Uh, and then I got somebody to come around and to take me to Hortiskia that very same day. But when I got to the hospital, I thought I was just going to go and chill out, you know, in one of the woods. So I could feel better, you know, on medication. He'll tell, he told me they'll put me on a drip and try to work out all the drugs and the, the poison they of, you know. But in the meantime, he actually booked me into a, into a psychiatric ward. And I ended up in this ward that had bars and wind and, and, mm. and, and, and doors that looked like cell doors. Yes. So I was... I was actually in a ward with people that had mental problems, but mm. seriously mental problems. I, I will never forget this girl. She was about 20. And she had, I learned afterwards, she had like 25 different personalities. Wow, and one minute she's a captain of a ship, and then the next minute she'll be an old lady, and then the next minute she'll be someone else. And... And it was scary, you know. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, what's happening? <laughs> Why am yes. I in this? I mean, it must have been... Like it's crazy. The toilet doors, there's men and women in this big cell, in this big ward, I should say. And the toilet doors has been taken off. So if you want to do your business, everybody can see. And it's open for the ladies and everything else, you know. But I knew, there I knew I needed Jesus. Yes, I mean something, I there's no way that you yeah. belong there. My mom's brother, Lionel, he was also a part of a gang and he gave his heart to Christ and, I, and he was a pastor and I phoned him and he came to Mitchell's, I mean, from Mitchell's Plain. He lives in Tafel, so he, he drove from Mitchell's Plain and he came there and, he, and as God ordained this whole thing, that the nurse was born again. And I asked her to, to get my phone so I could phone him so that I could, you know, do you can come pray for me. And Lionel is a, is a punkster, mm. you know, Pentecostal. And Lionel, and, and she allowed me out of the, of the ward and went into the TV room. And Lionel prayed for me. He led me to the Lord. And, you know, and the, the fever and the, 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 his voice alone, you know, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it, it wasn't like uh, Lord Jesus. It was in the Nam van die you know, and, mm. he, and he led me to the Lord. And I, I'm going to tell you, Renette, listeners, my life changed after that prayer. The fog of my brain lifted. Wow. Everything, I could think normal. I could... Uh, function immediately. Everything. Um, there is a little bit extra I would like to talk about. I would like you to continue with that straight after this break. 
um, because I don't want us to miss this beautiful part of the, of, of your yes, story. Thank you. Thanks. So we're going to listen to Oh, It Is Jesus, Felicia Marion. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me, Renette Myberg, on 7 to 9 a.m. on this beautiful afternoon. And we just want to encourage you, if you want to liaise with us or ask any questions, we have a WhatsApp, 081-729-1657. We're on SMS, 37988, and our Telegram is 081-729-1657. And you are welcome to see us on Instagram, Facebook, and you can look at our podcasts, Um Please go visit our website. Um, you won't be sorry. You'll be inundated with amazing content. So please join us and uh, go and visit our website. It's a, a wonderful presenters on on there and uh, with amazing, amazing messages that will encourage you and uplift you in this time. Um, we have Mr. Um, Minister um, Tony Khan. He is the director of Transformation Family Projects, and he is in the studio with us, and he's just going to continue sharing this amazing journey that he's had up until now and where his turning point came of meeting Jesus in, um, in, a, in an asylum uh, where he was uh, actually uh, positioned, and uh, the Lord just said uh, he just felt, this, this is where I need Jesus now. And just continue and share with us the balance of that story. We have to understand what was that turning point and what did it take for you to receive the Lord? Yes, yes. Thank you, Renee. Yes, um, when Lionel came and prayed for me, um, and I felt this, this switch in my body, even in my brain, um, Lionel, when I, when I went back into the, into the ward, um, Everything changed. I could I could reason better. Um, I heard the night the nurse say to the night nurse, "Don't give uh, Tony uh, any medication tonight. We'll just watch him. Don't give him any tablets. Don't give him anything. Let him let him just sleep." And I had a, the most beautiful sleep. You can't believe I had this. I was peaceful. The next morning, I was uh, I was awake. I was uh, alert. I could. I could reason, I could, you know, and then about, I think it was about four o'clock the afternoon, that was on a Tuesday, uh, the doctor came in and he he walked to the window of this ward and he looked out of the window and you could see Woods uh, Observatory Main Road. Mm. And he pointed to this door, he says, Tony, just come have a look here. And he says, you see there, that's a... There they have something they call a, a, a Narcotics Anonymous, uh, the NA. You see, they have it there uh, every second evening. I want you to join there. And, yeah. and he looked at me and he said, there's something different about you. He says, I did not want to discharge you yet, but I'm discharging you today. Wow. And he discharged me. And ever since that day, Things just fell into place. Although I never had a place to live, I, I ended up staying on a drug on a drug yard in Kensington, in a broken windy house. When it rains, the water comes into this windy house. My goodness. And I had 
and and I said, Lord, is this where you want me? I'll I'll stay because I I had I tasted how good God is. I, I really tasted God, and the guys used to mock me. You know, I was I would lay there with my Bible, my little Gideon's Bible. And Guys, they, Bibles have been yeah, and, saved and they, many thousands of people. Yeah, they would smoke um, the the smoke and blow the smoke through the slats of this windy house, and they mm. would say, "You Tony, ask a sky for your work." You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you? And I and I would lie on this floor on this on this mattress, and I would cry, and I said, "Lord, no matter what, I will not let you go." I will hold on. And there the Lord taught me about righteous money, how to tithe, where to tithe, how to listen to his voice. I used to walk from 8th Street in Kensington to Fracton every Wednesday to a cell group. I belonged to the Lighthouse Church then. Mm. I was baptized, everything there. So... I can I can speak about a hundred and fifty thousand times the Lord has come through for me, and how He's taken me step by step by step. You know, powerful. I met my wife eighteen years ago. I knew her for. On the second day we met, I proposed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't wait. Long, did you? <laughs> I just knew. I just said to her, you know. Um, Let's just get married because we're not we're not gonna play a you know play around. We're both born again. We understand what we need, what we want in life. We both want to serve the Lord, uh, and we were introduced by a very close friend of ours. Well, of her, of Madeline, Debbie. Uh, she introduced us. Uh, that's another story. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but we ended Beautiful, up getting eh? married after seven weeks, and her family was. Blown away. How yes. can you do it? It's so, um, that's not normal. It's, uh, then they found out about my past, you know, and what type of person I was. Well, in their mind, I was still that person from, from yes. the streets, and you know. And June this year, we'll be married for 18 years. Congratulations. And it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy. It's been a journey. But thank God that, yes, it is uh, truly God puts a woman next to a man to help him, his yes. helper, yes. you know. So I had to learn about, there's a lot of things I had, I'm still learning. Like there's start, yeah, there's sometimes I'll be sitting in front of the TV with a with remote and we both be watching a movie and then not not thinking I would change the channel, but yes. <laughs> not realizing that I've, and I'm married, you know. Yes. So these are all things that I, that I did, you know. Mm. And it's been it's been amazing. It's a lot of challenges, um, but like God says, He will never leave us or forsake us, you know. And that's where I met Clinton, when I yes. met Madeleine, her son. Okay, so she came. She had two children, two sons. Three, she three had sons. two sons and a daughter. Yes. She so still, we, okay. yeah. That's where I met Clinton. Clinton. Clinton is the. The middle child. Um, his his life is exactly like my life was. Mm. Caught up in drugs and gangsterism and everything else, you know. And I was new in the family, and they all knew that I was well. I'm a I'm a preacher of the word of God, you know. 
and God allowed me to to baptize them. You know, I I, mm. I, I involved them in in everything where the Lord was concerned. You know, we would have family gatherings and we'd talk about. We would pray uh, before we eat. They never had that. You know. Mm. From from their side, they always used to be all one-sided and everything else. And yes, Madeline did her best to, you know. Um, I'm not going to talk about that side of mm. her, but it's difficult to be a single yes. mom. But I I I fell in love with Clinton from the first day I saw him. Mm. I I saw that I said, Oh Lord, now I understand why you have put me in this family. So that I could, I could, I, I could guide Clinton because he had all the, the 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 traits of a of an evangelist, you know. Mm. He he was charismatic and he was friendly, and he was loving, you mm. know. And 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 everything about his personality was how I saw him in my mind's eye preaching to youngsters mm. around. Um, around the word of God, you know, and 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 I love that, you know, and I, I put a lot of attention on Clinton. I got him into rehabs, and I did everything that I knew. I was hard on him and, and soft on him, and I did. You tried everything. I tried everything, and yeah, it was. And, and my wife would say, "Listen, um, let's just." The next three days, let's just let's just pray for Clinton, you know, and break bread, and we, you know, and his wife, it's he had, he's got, he's got three kids, mm. beautiful children, one girl and two boys as well, and, oh, and and Mad Madeline, my wife said to me, you know, Tony, it's all in God's time, but I said, yes, I understand it's in God's time, I understand that. But there's also in my in the way the logic that I'm thinking or the way I'm thinking is if God could do it for me, why not as quickly for mm. him? You know. And I'm sitting and I'm and I'm really struggling with the Lord. And I said, Lord, please, please help Clinton. You know, please, 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 please. You know. And we did everything. We did everything. We I drove him as far as wow. I'm. All over the Western Cape, I took him to Just various places, places to be and he would stay there for two days and run away and, mm. and all that. Then the fateful day it was on the twenty fourth of November in twenty nineteen. It was a Sunday morning. We were we were still lying in bed, um, and the phone the phone rang and Madeleine picked up the phone, and it was his wife and said and she was screaming on the phone. Saying they just shot Clinton, he's lying in the street. Ah, oh, my heart just sunk. But I was still optimistic, and I said, ah, "The hospital is quite close. It's right there, you know. It's right, quite close to where he lives, um, the New Mitchell's Plain Hospital." Mm. And I was, I was very, I was very. Um, you know, ah, you know, Lord, I know you got it. This yes. is a turnaround. This is his turnaround. You know, he's gonna. This is be a, a, a eye opener for him. And 
Madeleine was crying and we jumped into the car and we drove to him and we got to the hospital. He was on the trips already. And we found that he was shot five times at mm. close range. That must have been beyond measure. Oh, yeah, it was it was tough for me to see him laying there. Um, then three hours later, they pronounced him dead. He died. Um, there, the question started in my heart, you know, yes. why, why, Lord? Um, and I'm not supposed to ask. And, and, and that's, my, that's where my battle started with my logical way of thinking, my humanistic way of thinking didn't add up to what my spirit was saying. Mm. Um, until you're in that position of losing a child, that you will understand that the true person comes out. The voices in my head saying, you are a coward, you, you know what to do, how come? And, and the word revenge was coming all the time in my brain, you know, although I was trying to put up a front for the sake of my wife, you know, and the sake of the family. Um, I'm a chutzkant, I'm, a I'm yes. supposed to be strong, that is, I, I'm, I'm not supposed to cry. I, I should. I shouldn't show any weakness, and and that took me back to my youth. You know, you weren't allowed to show any weakness. If you show weakness, that's how they, how people tend to like it's come upon you, you and, mm -hmm. and and try to rip you apart. You know, and the and the and the first eight months of of Clinton's of his passing, it was my battle, my real real battle. That I had. I can imagine. And and my wife, I would lie in bed and and I would, you know, I would I wouldn't even be able to pray. It's like your old nature just wants to take take pattern. over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I couldn't pray. I I didn't even want to talk to God. Mm. You know, it's, it was too painful, you know. And I said I knew that my thought life, that my thoughts didn't add up to what God's word is saying. And I was too ashamed to go to God and say, help me. Because I, I was there, I asked God for help with Clinton, but it didn't happen, you know. And a lot of, a lot of my, 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 my pastor friends and you know, that prayed for me, um, they would say, that was God's plan, Tony. Um, you know, you can't, you know, and I would just agree just to be polite. But inside it was shout. I was shouting. You don't understand the, the pain I'm yes. feeling, man. Oh. You know. Can't and, and I and I and I'm and I don't need you to I didn't need anyone at that minute. I didn't need anyone to minister to me. And all that Christian needs. Yeah, I yeah, didn't need that. that. All, all, all I just needed people to be there, you know. Whenever people would come to the house and they would like, you know, they try to give me advice on how I should, you know, and I would, ugh, I would say in my heart, I would say, just shut up and leave me alone, you know, yes. let me deal with this, you know, and I didn't know how. So one night I, I just went into the living room, I think it was three o'clock in the morning, and I said, Lord, I, I repent on, on all the harsh words I was thinking. I want to, I really, with this next song, I really don't want to lose that moment because that I want 
us to share after this next song that we had. I'm just looking at the song. It says, I never lost my praise. Wow. It is so timely for this um, message. Um, Tremaine Hawkins and uh, Patrick Lindy, they're going to sing, I never lost my praise. Because Minister Tony, I really want us to get that part of that being transparent and then coming to the Lord of how did you take, take up the banner with the Lord through this. We're going to quickly listen to I Never Lost My Praise. Good afternoon and welcome back. And we are almost at the end of the program and I didn't realize how much time flew. Um, Minister Tony, just tell us how did you um, come back from that and then just give us information of how can we get hold of you if you've been through something so traumatic. Yes. I know you, your, your uh, projects and your ministry um, deals with trauma. Yes. Yes, Renette. Uh, yeah, that particular morning, I, I, I really opened up to the Lord and I said, Lord, um, you know, I repent on the way I behaved, like, inwardly, you know, in my head, you know, and my thoughts and what I wanted to do. And a very close friend of mine, uh, Pastor Jonathan, I used, I, 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 used, I talk with him quite a lot, you know, around the thought life, you know. Um, and he would encourage me to say, we it's, just have to wait, you know, just have to wait, Tony. You have to wait, you know. But then my wife came in, you know, after I've spoken to the Lord, and my wife, she looked at me and she said to me, Tony, I forgive. I forgive that guy that shot Clinton. And I think that was my turning point. That was your turning point. Yeah. Transformation Family Projects is an organization that we found that we, we assist um, soup kitchens and even uh, feeding schemes with, with finances, you know, especially with they are feeding communities. And we also have a, a, a projects that we, we handle with traumas concerned, yes. uh, especially with losing a loved one. Um, yes. Families that has family members that is stuck in a in a rut of having the okay. person caught in drugs and yes. don't know what to do and how to go yes. about getting yes. the right help at the right time, and and right now the pricing is so so exuberant. That's where the projects come in, where we do project finance. Uh, we 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 go and do a, a a fundraiser for the person. So that he can get money to to, to be placed, yeah, placed in at that, the right place to yeah. prevent this kind of thing from happening. Yes. Oh, that is fantastic. And uh, so, just tell us how they can get hold of you. Just give us your number. Okay, my my mobile number is o seven one four five seven one eight five one o seven one four five seven one eight five one. And that's Minister. Tony Khan from Transformation Family Projects. So please contact him if you're going through anything right now with a, a, a child that has made a wrong choice and any trauma that you've experienced, please contact him. He can walk the road with you and di redirect you and your family into healing. So we just want to thank you for the time that you've spent with us. It's a Have a, thank you, uh, Minister Tony, for coming. We really, it was, I didn't realize where the time went, but thank you, Lord, for the, for the work that you do. May you just go from strength to strength 
and uh, from great success to great success and glory to glory. So as you minister to people and get them to the healing, thank you for the wonderful work that you are doing. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And family and friends out there, have a good week. Stick to the rules. Be safe and look after yourselves. And we will see you next week. Um, we have Bernerine Bunzai on the program with me. So you're welcome to come and join us next week. Same time, same place. And have a fantastic week. Thank you. Goodbye from Renette Marburg. Have a great day. Blessings. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.